0: What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday and welcome to another episode of Brunch with Desby. I'm so excited to have you guys here and be able to take you on a wonderful journey this afternoon with a very special interview. I was lucky enough to get on the books with Carrie Loker. She is amazing. She is a OB. She was a postpartum nursery RN working in OB um, understanding you know, how to be a mom, how to help other moms. And since then, just even since this past year, she has launched her own business called caring for postpartum. And I thought, what a better opportunity than to help you guys, which a lot of my listeners out there are new moms are going to be new moms, or even just one day want to be new moms, help you guys understand the ins and outs of certain things of postpartums that just is not talked about enough. So, I was able to get um, on a conversation with her, which you guys are gonna hear raw, unedited, super special, um, coming up after this little introduction. But if you haven't yet heard the news on the block, Emily and I launched another podcast called Below the Influencer. It is an opportunity to get to know us even deeper, have fun. This is kind of called Below the Influencer because we are not, Above anyone, we are just like you guys. And regardless if you want to label us as influencers or not, we are below that for the podcast. We are here hanging out and also potentially below the influence ourselves if you know what I'm saying. So make sure you check the show notes. Um, Go subscribe. Rate, Leave a review to Below the Influencer. We have new podcasts every Wednesday. Super fun. I'm very excited to be doing two podcasts. So hang with me here um, with kind of dabbling in both. I'm going to see how it goes. I really want to stay here weekly. So until anything kind of comes up where like I can't do both podcasts, you get to listen to me two times per week. What a banger, right? How... I just blessed your whole 2021. You're so welcome. So without further ado, guys, check the show notes for additional information, where to find Carrie, um, where to find her bringing home baby course, her conquering breastfeeding course, all of these really great resources she's created that I can truly say is worth every penny um, and also to support her even on her Instagram and other places. So let's get into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to this podcast and let's dive in. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad that you did the podcast. I I came across your profile maybe a few few months ago. I think it was right after I had my son, who is yeah. a preemie baby. So I I was kind uh... of like support, and I found your page and ever since then, I've just, I've been so hooked. You're even on my personal page <gasps> and my like big page so I can see your posts. Oh, <laughs> I, I feel so honored. Thank <laughs> you. No, of course I'm, I'm pumped. So right now I'm just kind of, I, I'm excited to dive into the conversation. I want to get to know you more. I mean, I'm even geeked. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I get to talk Yay! to Carrie. I'm so excited. <laughs> so I have a lot of mamas that have given some questions. So I think that Going through those will be really great, don't get me wrong, but to kind of just jump into it right away, I want to just give you the floor. Tell me who you are, your story, how you got into doing what you're doing now, owning a business, you know, you're growing on Instagram so well, which is exciting for yeah. me. I think the app is so inhibitive of letting people grow nowadays. Ugh. So to see your to see your profile be growing honestly makes me happy. Cause that's the kind of information that deserves Thank to be pushed you. in the algorithm. No, truly, yeah. it's, it's so, so powerful. So give me a little bit of, of information. Like, I mean, I'm talking to you for the first time and so are my listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a postpartum
1: and nursery nurse for about eight years now or so. Okay. Um, I work in the hospital taking care of moms and babies right after they deliver. So about an hour after they deliver baby, we take over and take care of both the mother and baby as a couplet. Um, which is so exciting. I absolutely love it. And I, of course, help with all of the typical, you know, postpartum care, help mom understand and educate herself about how to take care of her and her needs, but also learn about her new baby and their needs. So it's really fun to like have both of those worlds collide and come together. I help with breastfeeding, learning about the pump, all of that stuff. So, um, I I love the hospital gig. And then I became a mom myself and I now have three little ones that are all four and
0: oh my under. goodness. I know they're so cute. <laughs>
1: they're so cute. Thank you, thank you. I love them so much. And um so I feel like Actually, being at home with my children, I learned so much more than what you learn in the hospital. You know, like mm-hmm. all of the struggles that come up because things can just be going so well in the hospital those first few days. And yeah. then you get home and you're like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? Mm-hmm. So I just saw a huge lack of like education about what happens when you actually get home. And I wanted to change that. And I also feel like postpartum is made out to be this like blissful, beautiful, I'm obsessed with my baby, like that type of thing. And that's not always the case. And sometimes you struggle and that's okay. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted moms to know that they're not alone in that. And that's where I kind of came into my Instagram and just you know, ran with that. I just started sharing more information about like baby care and mom care and all of that. But then also the real side of things and like, hey, today I'm struggling with this, or maybe you've struggled with this too. Here's how we can work through it, that type of thing. And it really took off from there. So tell me when you
0: then took to Instagram and then actually branded yourself like is this a couple year thing you did ago was it when you had your first no
1: it's um it was March
0: th- of this year oh my gosh yeah. okay that's why I figured I'm like I tried to scroll back because there's yeah. some post I even just re-referenced yeah know? and so I put po- I go back and I'm like she doesn't seem to be doing this for long no. but I didn't know how that came about so that's really cool yeah
1: it used to be my personal page and I just posted like pictures of my kids right. my babies you know being at home with them um on my days off And then all of a sudden, I was like, you know what, I am seeing, like, I think one time I mentioned that I was a postpartum nurse, and I got tons of questions from the people who did follow me. And I was like, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. there must be, you know, a lack of education here. And that's where I kind of dove into more specific care
0: Absolutely. Well, you your page is just fabulous. I mean, everything is there. It's I love your highlights. I love your aesthetic. It's just thank you. I'm, su- I'm such a brand geek. Me so too. when I oh, came so across glad. literally, when I came across your stuff, like your stories, your little polka dot background, yes. everything. I was like, this is so mean. I love this. I need to follow. That yes. is so great. I know. I am so, I am very visual. So I'm with you. Oh, absolutely. Well, and you do you do the visual, you do the audio, and you also do like the text. Yeah. So there's a A lot of different forms of learning, which I think is also just so important as an entrepreneur. But that's a side note. Awesome. Thank you.
1: Anyways, of course. So where are you located? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri.
0: Okay. So do you work at did you work at a, a big hospital? Was it kind of like local and intimate or what was that for you? So my first nursing job,
1: so I've only ever done postpartum in nursery. That's the only Got type it. of nursing I've ever done. My first job right out of college was at the huge hospital here in St. Louis, a very, very big okay. hospital. I mean, we birthed hundreds of babies a month. It was oh insanity. My um, and I worked night shift during that time. So I learned a lot actually, because mm-hmm. there are no lactation consultants there on, Nights. They're, you know, like you are the lactation consultant. So I learned a lot with that and I loved that job. Once I started having kids, uh, night shift wasn't working for me as well. Right. I went to a smaller hospital where I could do day shift and it was a lot more like family centered, intimate, that type of thing. So I've kind of seen both ends of the spectrum, which is actually really great.
0: Got it, and and so now you're only doing your business, am I correct? Yes, yes. Got it. That is that is so cool. I'm glad that that was able to take over so fast. I know
1: it's it's been it's been amazing. I just kind of switched over to only doing my business here, caring for postpartum. I think a month ago, month and a half ago. So it's been very recent.
0: That is so awesome. Yeah, I, mean, I know how it feels to like dabble in both and be like, oh my gosh. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket, but I'm just going to kind of go for it. And it's, it's so cool to see it like when it works and it's just, you're helping people and you just feel so fulfilled. Oh my gosh. I feel,
1: I feel so good. I, I will be honest. I was getting just like, so I don't want to say burnout, but like I was just being stretched too thin with like working at the Mm -hmm. hospital, taking care of my kids, trying to run this business. It was so much and like building courses, I mean it was insanity. So I was
0: like, I've oh, got to like give the best of myself to something, you know. I I literally could not imagine. I mean, I like I, said, I have one. It's a newborn. Yeah, you know, like right. I can only imagine you doing that with three. So so much process. Oh, no, thank
1: you. No, <laughs> that, is, that is
0: something in and of itself too. I totally get it. <laughs> That's so epic. Well, before we jump into this the questions, I think it's going to it's going to kind of flow very conversational. My my audience, we just talk. So yeah. this is like a beautiful way for them to just eavesdrop and learn and just hopefully get to know you and all of this so as I always tell my listeners guys check out the show notes we have a ton of information in there yes. where you can find Carrie where you can find her courses her online stuff or all of her highlights her beautiful highlights about, <laughs> um, and everything in between so why don't we touch though about your new program really quick because I am so drawn to this I've obviously already had my kids yeah, so yeah. like not something I can really use but I wish it was there even just those few months yeah so i want to touch on it about you know just where it is, how it's available, what do you do, and what you offer? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it's an online course. It's accessible forever, anytime. I wanted to make it. You know, I'm a mom. I get it. Sometimes you can watch mm-hmm. a little bit of it, and then your baby's crying, and you need to tend right. to. Them. So <laughs>
0: I love that. literally,
1: so totally get it. So I wanted to make it where you can access it whenever you need, whenever it works for you. So it's available on my website, caringforpostpartum.com. Um, you just go to the courses tab, and it's under there. I have a breastfeeding course and a baby baby course. So my newer one is the baby course. And that's where you can learn so much about just the simple baby tasks for when you get home. Cause it's like, Oh, I can, I, I get it. You know, you just give a baby a bath, but then you get home and you're like, um, okay, but what am (laughs) I actually doing? (laughs) doing? You know, this is weird. So I, I walk through and I show videos of like another mom who follows me carrying this out with her newborn. So I asked my audience cool. to like send in videos of them doing things so that you can see it in action in real life, which is great. Love that. Um, and then I go through things that aren't talked about, like when you have a super fussy baby and you can't get them to stop crying, what can you do? What if your baby's gassy? What can you do? Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. What if they have a cold? Can I give them anything? You know, when should I call the pediatrician? All of those things. So okay. I did video format and then I did um, a PDF outline for people who like to read Read or like to follow along with reading. So, all of that is available. And I go through a routine with your baby and how to kind of work towards better sleep and all of that, too. So, I oh my gosh, yeah,
0: that is is just amazing I mean truly that is so cool so
1: it seems like it's going really well and I I just wanted people to know that they have a resource all in one place where they aren't googling in the middle of the night you know finding all 10 different answers to something you know oh my gosh (laughs) Carrie don't attack me I've been there
0: I've been there (laughs) I totally have I'm uh, literally in the middle of a night feed like how do I know if my supply yes. is low? Yep, 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 yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, we <we've laughs> all we've all been there. Trust me. Well, yeah, literally, while I have like my Amazon tab open, <laughs> Bath and Body Works, like, everything in between, I'm like, oh my gosh, this having a baby is expensive for more oh, my reasons gosh. than just having yes, a baby. It is. You are like online shopping. Yes. You're, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Yes.
1: In the middle of the night, like, oh, I think I need this, and it makes sense then. Oh, but later You're like, why did I
0: get <laughs> <laughs> all these Prime packages are showing up. My husband's like, "How many Christmas gifts did you get?" I'm like, "Honestly, 90% of these are <laughs> just, just for right. me." So, don't <laughs> don't worry about it. That's so funny. Well, I'm like I said, I'm very excited to get into a few sure. questions and again, for everyone listening, you know, Carrie's course is going to cover these so much more in depth, but think of this as like a piece yeah. of the cake, right? This is an opportunity for you to get some free education while knowing if you are someone who wants to dive in deeper, and actually have a course that in my opinion you'll actually use right this yes. isn't a course that you're going to you're going to spend money and be like oh well i didn't need yep. any of that i you need all of this like this is this is such a transformative point in your life and whether you've already gave, given birth or you're currently pregnant and looking for that help you know, you can try to read the what What can you expect books and like what to expect when you're expecting, honey, you won't get through all of them and they're <laughs> yeah. boring to read. So this this is a beautiful way to have, like you said, that audio, that visual, a yes. little bit hands-on um, while you're walking on the treadmill, anywhere that you're at, you can literally access the program. So that is, it, it, again, I'm just like floored. And I think mostly because I'm in the fitness industry. Yeah. So walking out into this new mom world and seeing this course that you've created, right? That's not like a an ebook yeah. of like workouts. It's so cool to see like what other communities are Thank creating. You. If that yes, makes sense, absolutely right? Absolutely does. Cool. Well you you do a great Thank job. You. So I think one of the the biggest questions that I really want to start off with, number one, and I think again you you mentioned bliss and you know all this happiness and whatnot. I, I got a lot of questions about postpartum and why they're not feeling good. So I want to do this question specifically, but it's going to branch off probably into what a lot of other people ask very commonly. So how do I know if it's postpartum or my mood disorder? So this person obviously already has maybe a background. Does postpartum end two years in, but I still feel out of sorts. So postpartum can shift it for
1: you. If you, especially if you have a history, it can exacerbate what you kind of already have going on. Um, Technically, uh-huh. per research, they say that postpartum ends around two years. So I would, I typically say if within the first couple of weeks after having your baby, you're still feeling not yourself, you need to talk with your doctor, honestly, um, okay. the baby blues that we all hear about that lasts maybe a week or two, it's not a months and months long process. So it's something that like I said, postpartum hormones can shift that for you and kind of exacerbate what you already have going on. If you have anxiety, you have depression, you know, any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so your medication may need to be adjusted, you may need a medication. It's all something you really, really need to talk with your doctor about.
0: Okay. I mean, abs- absolutely. I think that's also the good insight on a timeline to kind of be prepared yes. for that. Um, and I know, again, branching off of this and what other people are asking, postpartum anxiety slash postpartum depression can occur, if I'm correct, up to a year yes. postpartum. So can you talk a little bit more about those signs that they can look for versus just having a, a couple bad bad. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right? So it's obviously going to be more consistent, but, um, postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety very much get grouped together and they're very different. So it kind of, it gets okay. frustrating when it gets grouped together so much because so many mamas get overlooked with their postpartum anxiety because it's not meeting the typical postpartum depression, like, um, characteristics. Uh. So what a lot of doctors will do is they'll hand you something called the Edinburgh which is a postpartum depression scoring sheet. And you fill it out saying like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I feel this way this way. And if you if you rank on it, then you get talked to about postpartum depression. But if you don't, which you may not, if you have postpartum anxiety, then you're just completely blown off. Um, Many times, Mm. not always, but many times. So with postpartum depression, obviously, those feelings of just like, feeling isolated, even when you have people around you feeling sad and hopeless and just lonely. Those are all symptoms Mm. of postpartum depression and just not being able to enjoy things like you normally do. Whereas postpartum anxiety is worrying about everything like um, somebody's going to be watching your baby and you worry about every little thing about it, which we all think, okay, we're all anxious moms. We're new moms. Of course, we're worried right. about leaving our baby with somebody, but it's so much more than that. It's very detailed. Some moms even will have disturbing thoughts like, they're carrying their baby down the stairs. I want to let everybody know this is a trigger warning. First of all, just in case. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, Good yes. call. Good call. Um, but you know, things like if they're carrying their baby down the stairs, Oh my gosh. What if I slip and fall and I squish my baby under me? Things like that. Those, those are definite symptoms of postpartum anxiety when you're having these worries and disturbing thoughts that just don't seem to go away. And you know that they're not that it's likely not going to happen but you still it festers inside of you and you still worry about it constantly that's something that you want to talk with your doctor about more in the postpartum anxiety realm of things um, just feeling right. anxious and worried and scared. And both postpartum depression and anxiety can come along with physical symptoms too. Um, You know, mm. with anxiety, think of everything moving quickly. So sometimes you'll get really shaky, you'll be hot and sweaty, your heart races, you're breathing a little faster, things like that. Postpartum depression, things almost kind of slow down, and you just feel really fatigued and sluggish and just like, You know, and it's not just your typical sleep deprivation with a newborn. It's so much more than that. It's like you're mentally exhausted. You're physically exhausted. You can't even fathom getting up out of bed to, like, go do the dishes. You can't even fathom going, moving from your bed to the couch, that type of thing.
0: Okay. So if... If someone's feeling mm-hmm. these thoughts, where's, where's their first place to turn? You mentioned, yeah, we get that questionnaire, right? Six weeks postpartum, yeah. we go in, they, they ask us, Hey, you feeling good? Yeah, <laughs> Come back for your annual, right. I mean, it, it's a quick, it's a quick process, but how do you know when to maybe bring it up to your doctor? Hey, you know, I filled this out, but here's how yeah, I'm really I, de- I, I mean, I think as soon as you
1: start feeling it, I would say, give yourself a week to kind of adjust postpartum. And at that point, if you're still like, okay, things are a little off. I think it is absolutely worth mentioning to your doctor. And then they should be able to refer you to somebody who specializes in postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression. Now, some doctors are very, very vigilant and they'll sit with you, talk with you about how you're feeling. And then they're more willing to kind of figure out whether you need to see somebody else or if it's, you know, they want to discuss medication with you or something like that. So the first step is going to be your doctor. And I say, as soon as you start noticing it. I don't, don't wait. Okay. Don't wait till six weeks.
0: Don't don't dismiss, dismiss it, it as, oh, yes. it's just new. Yes. It's just, it's new. just postpartum okay.
1: hormones. And some, some, you know, some people do that. And I know I did that myself too. Like, oh, this is just being a new mm-hmm. mom. And then it just kept festering and I, it kept getting worse for me. And I wish I just would have gotten help sooner.
0: Well, and can you touch on that a little bit? So did you experience this? Yourself, oh yeah, I, I, I
1: had. So okay. with my first, I had probably more baby blues with a touch of some postpartum uh-huh. anxiety that came around. Um, And I talked with my doctor about it. And then he sent me to somebody to talk through and do like, cognitive behavioral therapy and things like that. And it helped tremendously. Um, my second, I had extreme postpartum anxiety, which actually turned into postpartum rage. Um, it just, I know that's a scary word, isn't it? And uh, it really really is. is. It It really really is, is but it's real. it's real. real. And it's just where you kind of have, you get so frustrated that you have these outbursts of anger, not necessarily at your baby, but just in general. Like if my, you know, 18 month old toddler would come up and ask for water, it would just throw me over the edge because I'm in the middle of doing X, Y, Z, you know, like things like that. Um, so it was kind of a branch off of postpartum anxiety. And again, I talked with my doctor about it. We already knew I had the history after my first. So went back to the same therapist and talked with her and it helped tremendously. I mean, there's no shame, okay. no shame in that game. Nope. And no. and I will say no. with my third baby, nothing, no postpartum, no baby blues, wow. no postpartum anxiety, nothing. She, yeah, that's been easy this time.
0: Well, God bless the third. Third is the <laughs> best. Third
1: time's a real like, It really, really was for me.
0: So. <laughs> well, branching off of PPD yeah. and PPA, let's talk ptsd because i know myself i had a very traumatic Mm -hmm. birth um i mean it for some people obviously right it's relative you can have much worse you can have much better and still call it ptsd whatever might be nicu moms specifically yes what how how can you combat that because for us as nicu moms like for me my journey to motherhood didn't really start until six weeks later when I brought him home. So it was kind of like, I didn't know if I had postpartum depression. I didn't know what to then look for because I was technically already a mom for six weeks. It was a really, really confusing and navigating time for me. So do you have any words of advice for anyone either with a, just a traumatic birth or B, maybe in that situation? I think think
1: if you're in either of those situations, you do need to start talking with your doctor right off the bat, because even if you're not experiencing Mm -hmm. it right away, Could kind of build, especially as let's just say you're in the NICU with your baby and things aren't going like they're not meeting their discharge date or anything like that. That gets pushed off. That can be extremely triggering for a new mom. Um, Mm -hmm. So even I just I really think like right off the bat when your doctor comes to see you in the hospital, it needs to be discussed right away. Just is there something I need to be watching for? Is there anything I can do preventatively? That type of thing and just making sure it's on your doctor's radar, it's on your radar, and they can kind of go through some things they would want you to watch for and call them if if you feel like you need to you know come in and talk further but honestly birth trauma and being a nicu mom does kind of you know it's it's a a foundation for postpartum Mm -hmm. anxiety or depression or ptsd i mean all of those kind of play together in some way shape or form so i definitely think it needs
0: to be discussed right off the bat right i just i feel like as much support as I had in my in my personal NICU like those nurses yes, are just yes. angels and it just it was such it was the worst yes. best experience right like you made the best of it so as a mom for me when I was in the NICU it was kind of a realization to me that the the moms that carry full term um, you know they they leave after 48 hours I'm like how how yeah. would I have known to be equipped with what I gained in the NICU right it's it occur- right. I mean, it was it's mind blowing cuz i literally would have had no freaking clue what to do exactly cuz you have nurses walking
1: you through step by step everything that's going on feedings baths diaper like everything and then their health as well right. and what's going on with them internally and labs and what they mean etc and when you're just here at 24 or 48 hours you oh my don't gosh, learn you learn that nothing. much Cause yeah so that's why I made the baby course because I was like this like
0: there is obviously a need for this and you you barely you they read off a sheet like a couple little things about your baby and then you are literally, literally insane I mean I yeah I uh, it almost makes me speechless because I truly do not know how I could have been the mom I am today without the extra training. (laughs) I feel like a military seal. Like I had some extra six week (laughs) training that a lot of other moms don't get, which again, is just a reason to, to make content like this, to record with other moms. And again, just show people too, that they're not alone. You know, it's not always going to be the best and, um, it's, it's totally okay to admit that. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Okay, so
0: branching off of that, I think that was a really good topic to start off on because it, that's huge in the postpartum yes. world. It's just not discussed. Um exactly. So next, I want to talk a little bit about breastfeeding. Again, we have a, a few different questions regarding just like maybe nipple aversion, you know, being able to bottle feed wild mm-hmm. breast, all these things. So I want to start first with nip, with just a nipple shield, period. Nipple shields yeah. versus yeah. no nipple shield. So a lot of moms go into breastfeeding expect to just whip your titty out and boom you pop them on and they just they start drinking and you're like oh sweet cool yep that's not always the case and some people's you know actual nipples aren't made for that or like it's it's hard yeah so can we talk about the nipple shield in general let's just chat about it
1: yeah, absolutely. So the nipple shield is like a flimsy piece of silicone that actually goes over your nipple. And it's a little bit longer than your nipple. So the baby can really stimulate that sucking reflex by having something touching up on their palates, which is far back in their mouth. They like to feel something further back in their mouth in order to start mm-hmm. sucking is what all that means. So um, the problem is, so nipple shields get a bad rap because I think they're freaking awesome when you 100%. I also think that there are a lot of nurses or healthcare professionals who look at somebody and sees, oh, breastfeeding's not going well, or oh, she has flat nipples, let's give her a Mm -hmm. nipple shield, when in reality, she may just need help positioning better or getting a deeper latch for her baby by positioning her breast a different way, because you have to remember, we are not nipple feeding our baby. We are breastfeeding our baby. They need to latch on your breast tissue, not your nipple. So if we are able to kind of what I call sandwich our breast, which I talk about in my breastfeeding course, we sandwich our breast a certain way. It's able to kind of protrude our breast tissue outward so that baby has almost like a ledge to latch Mm. onto. So very, very important. But the nipple shield, when it's needed, if mom has inverted nipples, which means they are not you know, sticking out, they're not everted, or if she has flat nipples, where again, they're not mm-hmm. everted, there's nothing for baby to really root on, then nipple shields can be great if baby is struggling no matter what you try. You try the deep latch, you try different positions, and they are not having it, then go ahead and grab a nipple shield. Um And if that works for you, great. And if it doesn't, then, you know, we can try Mm -hmm. other things. So it's just a nice tool to have. And how how
0: long should you be using it? I mean, for someone who actually doesn't have the the body mechanics, if you want to call it to successfully create a lash, is it something that you of your breastfeeding experience?
1: So everybody's a little bit different here. Typically, most lactation consultants kind of get you weaned off around like between one and three yeah. months. Um, however, there are I know plenty of moms who have used it the full time because they literally cannot breastfeed without it. it. And if if your baby is gaining weight, they've got good output, all the good things with the nipple shield, then wonderful. There's no reason to take it away. But The problem is sometimes with a nipple shield, it can affect baby's milk transfer where they're not able to fully extract as much milk as they are when they're just latched onto the bare breast. So that's why watching baby's weight gain and output is really important, especially when they're on a nipple shield. I know that some lactation consultants even tell our moms that do use nipple shields to try to pump for a little bit after each feed. Okay. And
0: so Mm -hmm. for me, I was given a nipple shield right away in the NICU to help Mm -hmm. because I had a little bit, not a little bit I had a lot of bit of an oversupply so when yeah. I would let down and he obviously <laughs> did not like he was learning this suck swallow yeah. breathe it was yep. just not a good combination so if someone is say they have a full-term baby though and maybe they're struggling with like constant almost like choking could a nipple yeah. shield help in those first few months too
1: It could a little bit, but you're going to do a little better because I struggle with the same with my first, I had major oversupply Mm -hmm. and he could not even latch on because I was so engorged. It'd be like latching onto a rock, you know, like there's just no way. So I used it for that. It didn't necessarily help the flow of the milk, but it did help, um, him be able to kind of keep with that suck swallow breathe pattern I feel a little bit okay. better um, so it can potentially is what I'm getting right. at um, some other things you would maybe want to try something like reclined nursing where you kind of lean back like you're in a recliner and nurse them that way so this you're working against gravity right. and when we're leaning forward you know gravity's helping that just spray down their throat and they're you know choking and gagging whereas if we lean back a little bit we can work against gravity um, expressing a little bit of milk ahead of time to kind of let down into a haka or a burp rag or whatever we want to do to get that immediate fast flow out of the way before latching baby is another thing. Okay.
0: So in terms of then, you know, we're chatting about oversupply with, you know, breastfeeding, pumping, trigger warnings, right? People that don't, that don't supply a lot and they get all worked up. Can you, can you shed a little bit of light about just first off, maybe pumping while also exclusively breastfeeding in that first 12 weeks, if you still have an oversupply Um, and then we'll kind of get into the ability to maybe produce more, maybe not produce more, but how how can we help stimulate and all of that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So in those first couple weeks, if your baby is nursing efficiently, meaning they're gaining weight, they have good output, they're nursing well, whenever they're at the breast, you can hear swallows, you know that they're actively nursing. Um, there is absolutely no reason to bust out the okay. pump for the first, I would say four to six okay. weeks. Okay. Um, now I know most moms go back to work at like anywhere between like six and 12 weeks, some later, some earlier, whatever. Um, but Typically, if we're going back to work, let's just say at 12 weeks, we would maybe want to start introducing the pump and kind of teaching our baby how to bottle feed a little bit here and there, around four to six weeks. So that's when I would say it's okay to take the pump out. But the first few weeks, your milk supply is gonna come in like whoa, because you've got baby at the breast cluster feeding all of the time or you're pumping, you know, constantly to get your milk in if your baby's in the NICU, things like that. It can bring your milk in super Uh fast. And then you have tons of it and your hormones are insane right now. So You're producing way more than your baby actually needs, usually that first week Mm or so. it will start to regulate, but not until you're probably like a month or two into your nursing journey, your breastfeeding journey. Um, so that's why it's kind of, it's a little scary if you have a ton of milk and you start introducing the pump. Each time you empty your breast, you're telling your body to make more right. milk. So if you have an oversupply and then you're pumping all of that out and you're like, Oh, that feels better. I feel relieved for the next two hours. Well, you just told your body that you have twins
0: because your baby <laughs> nursed really well.
1: And then we throw a pump on, and we're pumping. That's saying, "Oh, the baby's here for another right. feeding." So. Yep. Yep. So be
0: careful. with. Oh my that. gosh. That's, that's hilarious. You have twins and you don't actually have twins. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that is not exactly. the goal. So if someone then say that they're pumping though, and they feel as if they can't keep up with baby, do you have any tips? I mean, obviously everyone's going to throw their brownies and their cookies and you know, the shakes and all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. What are some, what yeah. are some honest, just good, wholesome facts of how you can potentially help either a Continue your milk supply, or B, maybe try to boost it. Right? Absolutely. So,
1: I I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of people that rave about certain cookies and brownies and whatnot. I I I stick more to the research based Mm -hmm. facts um, and what I've actually seen work, and that is stimulation and empty breasts. So, the more consistent and frequent you are about emptying your breasts, either with a baby or a pump the more milk your body's going to make. Like I just talked about, if you empty your breasts with a pump that tells your body to make more milk. So if you're struggling with supply and let's say you nurse your baby um, and they're somewhat content, take your pump and put it on after a feeding and pump after the feeding because that's going to tell your body, hey, we fed our baby, but more milk is needed. That wasn't quite where we wanted. So let's put in orders. I call it putting in orders for more okay. milk. Um, you have to ask your body for it, either with a baby or a pump, in order to receive it. So the problem we get to is, especially as babies, you know, they sleep a lot. People don't want to wake their babies up when they're sleeping, but then if it's time to eat your breasts, I mean, your breasts have to be stimulated consistently. Otherwise your supply is going to start dropping really quickly. Um, so making sure that either a pump or a baby is on there every couple hours, it's so tiring, but if you're wanting this to work and you're wanting to boost your supply, it's, it's necessary. No cookie or brownie, <laughs> gonna,
0: you know, take care of <laughs> That's that. So true. So what, what about you, you mentioned obviously continuous stimulation, Right. What yes. about when you get to the point, because even I'm right there right now, where your baby yeah. starts to sleep a little bit longer at night uh-huh. and you're like, holy shit, this is great. This is so yes. great. Oh my gosh. Yes. A four and a half hour stretch. God bless me. I want it every time. Oh yeah. What, yeah, yeah. That's is awesome. that considered your body will regulate
1: to that at yes. that point? Yes. Yes. As your baby ages a bit um, and your baby starts sleeping a little, you know, longer stretches at night, your body will typically regulate to make more milk during the daytime. And the thing though, is we have to let our babies lead the way during the day. Then if we're going to want those longer stretches at night, we have to let our baby kind of nurse on demand during okay. the day, because what that does is that gives them their, the calories that they need to do those longer stretches of sleep at night. Right? If that makes that sense. Makes okay. total sense.
0: So when would you suggest kind of staying on a routine though, Until maybe X amount of time. So, like, should we probably stay, you know, that two to three hours or on demand during the night up until X amount of weeks? So now it's going to be different with preemies. You're going to go off of whatever your
1: pediatrician tells you, if they're wanting you to keep waking baby at night to a certain right. point. But typically with a full term baby, we say once your baby is back to birth weight, you are allowed to let them sleep longer stretches at night. Okay. So typically in the hospital, they'll lose weight. You know, we don't want them to lose more than 10% of their birth weight, but we monitor that in the hospital and let you know what they've lost. So it's normal for babies to lose weight in the hospital. I don't want anybody to get upset about it. Right. It is normal. Um, but we also, when your milk comes in, we expect them to start putting weight on very quickly. So that's why you do those frequent pediatrician follow-ups. Now, once they hit their birth weight, again, the weight that they were born at before they started losing, they can start sleeping longer stretches at night. As long as they're hitting that birth weight, they're meeting their milestones, you know, happy otherwise,
0: then we're good. Perfect. So I want to wrap up breastfeeding portion with one more. Number one, guys, don't forget, Carrie has a full breastfeeding course. So any, you know, thrush, mastitis, yes. all of this yeah. stuff that mm-hmm. we might not be able to cover, this is all in our course. So if it, I mean, it' great resource take advantage of it. hundred yes. percent. Last thing I want to cover though, in the breastfeeding sector is colic and reflux. Um, I I've, I've yeah. have quite a few questions of that, but this one specifically jumped out to me as this mom has twin boys, both with colic Ooh. and reflux. And she just says, she <laughs> says, this mom is struggling. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh. Poor thing. Poor, oh my gosh. Thing. Yes. Yes. Um, so with reflux, um, typically, so my second had reflux and it was a struggle. So I can only imagine. Oh my twins. gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's bound. And with reflux, it's not always like the amount that they're spitting up, but just the pain that they're in. And that's what causes the crying, which causes them to suck in air, which causes gas mm-hmm. and makes them cry mm-hmm. more. So it's, it, it really is a vicious Ugh. cycle. Um, honestly, you know, you can find different ways to try to alleviate whatever pain they're experiencing it. You know, there's a lot of realms with reflux. Some babies do really well with certain things that other babies don't do great with. Um, and sometimes medication needs to be discussed. I know that can be really upsetting for a lot of moms, but I, I used medication with my daughter and it was life changing. Mm So if you get to that point, I think it's worth mentioning to your pediatrician and seeing a GI specialist, if you need to, um, Because colic is hard. Colic is very, very hard. It's, you know, it's no sleep on top of fussiness and you just can't find a way to calm them down. And I did want to mention too, one thing I don't think a lot of people realize. So it is a good idea to sit your baby up after feedings to help with reflux and digestion and all of that. But a lot of people think that babies are happier, myself included, think they're happier, like in their car seat or in like an inclined mm-hmm. swing. When in reality, that puts a lot of pressure down on that, like sphincter by the esophagus in the stomach, and it can actually worsen their reflux oh, pain. Wow. So just, yeah. So keeping them upright, like in your lap or just kind of, you know, nearby on the boppy lounger is a lot better for like peristalsis and digestion. Okay. But, uh, you know, It's hard to say for this poor mom what exactly to do. There's no like magic thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish there was. I literally trust me. I do. (laughs) Uh, Like I, I so have been there, and I, I absolutely wish there was. I do have a whole reflux and gassy baby section in my baby course that goes through, you know, a lot of just step by step things you can try to alleviate some of the pain in the meantime. But we, it's almost like we're putting band aids on it when really you're gonna hate this answer. But time is unfortunately like the the best thing, uh-huh. um, because they have an immature digestion digestive system right now. So you know we have to give them some time to mature and age, and let that. There's like a little door at the bottom of your esophagus that should close when food passes through, and with reflux babies, it's very loose and wobbly. So that's why stomach content kind of creeps back up into the esophagus and burns. It's acid, you know, it mm-hmm. burns. And that's what causes that pain. So that is not going to mature for a little bit. Um, And, you know, doing what we can to put those band-aids on in the meantime is great. But unfortunately, there's not like a special magic pill. Um, I really felt like the reflux medication helped my baby quite a bit. So that might be something she would want to look at. Perfect.
0: Well, and again, you know, tons of other information on not just your course but also just your page in general so yeah if you, page, if you yeah. guys mm-hmm. have any additional questions or need some resources and it, this is your first time even hearing about carrie i promise you you can go to our highlights and you can find additional information um so the last two things i want to hit on because obviously i wish we could talk about everything i really do because these <laughs> moms deserve this education we really do and yes and they we do. do not get it but for sake of time and obviously energy let's keep it pretty pretty good so, yeah, the last sure. little sector I want to talk about kind of like prepartum and postpartum. So, I have a, a lot, lot of them. mamas on here who are new moms and number one, they're facing the anxiety of worrisome in the first 12 weeks and after about just losing the baby, um, you know, anxiety yes. that anxiety that I swear to God never leaves. Um, but no, <laughs> that's, that's, no, that was just me. I'm like, I'm not sure of anyone else. But can we talk a little bit on maybe what they could do in those first initial parts of pregnancy, um, maybe questions to ask their OB or if, if they would need help as well?
1: Um, so something... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the same in the fact that there's nothing to like take away your anxiety with being pregnant. I feel like that really is something we all struggle with mm-hmm. because there's so much unknown. Like, I wish there was a little window to look into your belly and make sure everything's okay every single day. <laughs> yes. Um, and you know, like I always wish that, um, I, I really do think it is important to have somebody to talk to. It does not always have to be your doctor. I just mean, like, even your spouse, your partner, um, your mother, anybody where you can just kind of voice your concerns and listen to other people's stories too. Um, join a support group. I feel like, you know, a lot of the, a lot of us on Instagram have these amazing supportive communities and you can kind of talk through your worries and they may be going through the same thing. And it's nice to have that solidarity with somebody. So I feel i honestly feel like making sure you're not alone and talking with whoever you choose like i said it doesn't just need to be your doctor but just talking it out with somebody is extremely helpful because unfortunately there isn't much we can do about the anxiety you know early on in pregnancy like is this Mm -hmm. going to be okay you know especially for those of us who like went through infertility treatments and are finally pregnant mm-hmm. and you're just like so grateful but at the same time you feel like you can't even be excited cuz now you're right. worried what it what's going to happen and you know it's it's so hard so I feel like talking with other mothers who are on a similar journey or at a similar point in their pregnancy can be really really therapeutic for moms absolutely
0: and and again to remember that everyone truly goes through it and
1: i think yes. one thing
0: that especially from myself as a preemie mom It's a really beautiful thing to know that the healthcare system that we have nowadays, the medical advances that we've made, doctors and nurses can just do so much for you and your body and your baby that we could have never done 10, even 20, 30 years ago. So
1: not saying,
0: you know, oh yeah, like have a preemie. It's so fun. I'm not going there, Yeah, but rest in the peace that we have amazing support systems in the healthcare facilities and we have people who who love their jobs you know they love what they do and they're here to help yes. and they're here to do what they can to combat any negative things happening um but i totally agree mom's groups some of them i'm not i'm not going to lie can be very tough yeah so that's why i'm like yeah, find find, a good, find a good community and stick with it um but don't just yeah don't just dive in anywhere <laughs> so yeah, let's yeah. talk about the birthing process real quick um obvious is obvious the main goal here for most people is to push a baby out of their vagina is that is that going to happen for everyone obviously not so can we talk about the aftermath Mm -hmm. of a vaginal birth and also the aftermath of a c-section birth in terms of recovery yeah Yeah,
1: absolutely. They're, they're very different, but also have a lot of similarities that I think get overlooked. So with a vaginal birth, obviously you're pushing a baby out of your vagina. Um, typically some women, not all women will tear between their vagina and their anal area. Um, and they rate it in terms of degree. Mm -hmm. So there's a first degree, second degree, third degree. Um, so we have to take care of that. If we do tear, um, you want to make sure that you're nice and clean down there. So each time you're going to the toilet, you're using something called a Perry bottle. Freedom Mom makes an awesome oh, God one, but bless. it's essentially a bottle. <laughs> yes, yes. That you fill up with warm water and it promotes healing to the site. It cleans you up. It does so much more than just like clean you off. That's the thing. I, I have a whole highlight on the Perry bottle because I love it so much. because <laughs> I feel like it gets so overlooked, but you are going to be using that with a c section, too, even though you don't have a tear down below, you are still going to use the peri bottle and make sure you're nice and clean. All of that interesting, um, even, yeah, so even you,
0: even not a vaginal delivery, you're still yes, cleaning yes. the vaginal canal. You're still, area. yeah, okay.
1: because you, girl, yes, you are still gonna bleed. Okay. Oh my god, bleed out the vagina, I did not know uh-huh. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, 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 yes. So, your baby came out of your uterus. Yeah it does not matter whether they came through the vagina or your belly it doesn't matter you are still going to bleed from your uterus which is you know just like okay. we do for our yep. periods where does that come from vagina okay. so that's yes. So that's something to make sure you note that even if you have a C-section, that doesn't mean you're you're free from not bleeding. You will definitely be bleeding for a couple of weeks as your hormones start to regulate, just <laughs> like a vaginal delivery. Um, so you'll have to clean up, use the peri bottle, and take care of yourself that way. Use the pads and the big mesh panties, all that good love stuff. Love it. <laughs> now, now the only difference really with the births is just the the incisions. You've got a belly incision for a C-section that you have to take care of, and you've got the vaginal, you know, incision or tear. For from the
0: vaginal delivery wow so when it comes to recovery in terms of i mean obviously waiting that six weeks right for people like say in my my demographic who are working out right they're wanting to get back at it they want to yeah. feel better will the six week span still do the same amount of healing for both sites if that makes sense like do they are you kind of good from both of them in that six week period
1: So that is definitely going to be doctor based. You'll have to ask your doctor. Now, I will say some doctors go more off of the eight week recommendation for a C-section because it's, you know, it took, you know, you cut through abdominal Mm -hmm. muscles, you need some time to heal there. Um, and like return to work is the, the like federal regulation is six weeks for a vaginal delivery, eight weeks for a C-section. So a lot of doctors will go off of eight weeks, um, because the mom had a C-section. So that is definitely going to be doctor
0: based for sure. Okay. Well, that makes, that makes total sense. Wow. I did not know that you still bled. I mean, now that you say it, it yeah! makes total sense. But
1: <laughs> exactly. But you just need it explained
0: out. I mean, that's the case with so many things. Sometimes you just need to know like the why behind it. No, you know? I mean a hundred percent. So I guess br- branching off that again, that postpartum, we're, we're leaving the hospital, we're feeling good. Um, we, we come home to a spouse. We come home to our significant other. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's just the father of our children, right? Whatever that, that relationship is. I personally know, I felt a ton of resentment against my husband. Yes. And, Mm -hmm. and especially then leading into that six week mark, you know, wanting to engage sexually again, wanting to be intimate, but being like Mm -hmm. being touched out. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing, but I like it, yeah. It is a real thing. So, do you have any words of advice for moms who are maybe just struggling with those intimate relationships with their significant others postpartum?
1: So I will give you an account that is amazing Perfect. for this. Um, it is my love thinks. My love, you said thanks. My love thanks. Okay. Yep, thinks. Yep. Okay. yes My Love Thinks. She is a therapist who specializes in couples and sexual relationships <clears throat> and she does postpartum and all of that. She is in freaking credible. Oh, I so love she, that. you have to follow her. She's amazing. Okay. Um, so I, I really think it's important to have an open line of communication because that of course is going to foster a sexual relationship eventually right. as well. Um, so talking it out with your partner, because as much as it's hard for us to understand, sometimes we have to think in terms of them too. They are completely pushed aside when this new baby comes home right. and you know, they're, they're trying to do the best they can with helping. I, at least I hope so. Um, they're trying to do the best they can with helping. And, you know, I understand that they're ready to go. We may not be there, but that's something that needs to be talked through and let them know why, not just a oh, lot. You're gross to me. You right. know, like that's not going to make anybody feel good. So maybe telling them why, Hey, I'm really, really tired. I was up with the baby all night, you know, this and that is a place to start. Mm-hmm. But I do think that my love thinks has a lot more in-depth info about couples postpartum and how to kind of foster that sexual relationship and meet everybody's needs. Okay.
0: And I guess my last question regarding that, that intimacy area, how do you know postpartum again, I would only assume maybe, and you can correct me. Yeah. Post vaginal delivery sex. How do you know if it's hurting And when to then maybe, again, go to another doctor, a pelvic floor therapist, something like that. And then I guess to say, can you have the same feeling even with a C-section? Does it still change down there?
1: Yeah, it definitely does because you're, you grew a baby in your uterus that pushes muscles to a different place that pushes your organs around. So yeah, you absolutely still can have kind of some pelvic floor dysfunction with a C-section too. Um, because your baby's head's resting right down on that pelvic like girdle there, you know? Um, so honestly, I think it's really important for all moms to at least be evaluated by a physical therapist. I have a doctor at my hospital who started doing that. He would have all of his moms before discharge, see a physical therapist and talk through, you know, what to watch for and things like that. So pain, pain with sex. Um, okay. It's, I want to say this, it's normal to a point. So What I mean by that is if you are breastfeeding, especially your estrogen level is extremely low um, because that's keeping your milk supply where it is or helping do that. So with that, that causes vaginal dryness. So if it's in terms of just like you need some lube, then it's probably okay. But if it's actually painful for you, but, you know, even with lube and, you know, everything like that, I would absolutely ask. It does not matter how far postpartum you are. A lot of doctors will wait until your six week appointment because you can't even be cleared for sex until six weeks. So, after six weeks, if you are still having pain or vaginal trauma with you know with sex, you need to let your doctor know. So if you go home at your six week appointment and you guys do the dirty and then you're experiencing pain
0: with that, I think it needs to be mentioned. I don't think that you need to wait any longer than that. That's I mean, and that's a good point, especially because when I mean that's a that's a big part of life, right? You obviously that's how you got there in the first place, you know? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's you uh-huh. created a totally a normal. There's nothing to be ashamed yeah, of. Absolutely yeah, absolutely not. So to want to get that intimacy back back and feel good doing it. I think no one should feel weird for that. You know, especially if you're just, your hormones are just everywhere. You, yeah, it is such an uncomfortable period of time. I will very much say that 100%. Um, Yes, it is. So I I don't have many other again big questions that I want to cover. A lot of great questions, but I want to make sure that they know your profile has. <laughs> I cannot say it enough. I'm probably gonna be annoying, but you have so much no! information <laughs> that a lot of a yeah. lot of these questions I think are from my audience who simply just do- doesn't know you yet. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, it's sure, like go sure. go check out her profile again. Like I've said it nine billion freaking times. Um, but I yeah, guess how I want to wrap this up mom to mom, you know, especially you, you know, have a little bit of extra education and whatnot. What is maybe, let's go one piece of advice for new moms and one piece of advice for moms who have maybe multiples. So whether it be what you wish you would have known, something you would have done, even just words of affirmation, whatever it might be, new moms to be slash new moms and moms of multiples.
1: Honestly, my advice, this is almost, I mean, this is for everybody. You are not a bad mom. If you need to set your baby down in a safe place and walk Mm -hmm. away, sometimes we get to that point and that is okay. That is the best option that you can actually do in that situation, set your baby down in a safe place place close the door go outside and take a breather for a couple of minutes they're safe they're fine even if they're crying you need Mm a minute so that is something i have ingrained in my head now after dealing with my second baby who is very colicky something i learned very quickly Um, and then moms of multiples I I know that you guys wish you had like 10 hands to do it all at the same time. I honestly feel like the biggest thing is making sure that you have some kind of a support system in place. It does not matter who that is, whether it be a nanny or your partner or your mom, your sister, it does not matter. A neighbor, an extra set of hands, especially if you're breastfeeding, but no matter what. Um, But it's nice to have somebody there, not only to talk to, but somebody to kind of, handle both babies at the same time. And when you're in a situation when you don't have that, um, making sure that you know that you are doing a great job. Even if one baby's crying while you have the bottle in the other baby's mouth, they're ready to eat. You will get there. They're okay. You've got this. Like I know how frustrating that can be. And I just want everybody to know that they are the best mom for their baby or babies.
0: And they are doing an amazing job. Absolutely. And to add on to that, even just myself as a new mom, like you are your baby's advocate. You you yeah. like like Carrie just said, you are the best mom for your baby. So if you have an extra question, if you think there might be something wrong that they're missing, yep. if you aren't yep. ready for X, Y, and Z to occur, whatever it might be, that is on you to stand that ground and know that 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 is your offspring. That's your baby. Yeah, not the hospital yes. it's not the doctors, it's not anything. So I guess last piece to wrap up, Carrie, I will put these in the show notes, obviously, but if there is a mom out there struggling, if there is a mom out there who's again, like you said, you know, walk away, right. Don't harm your baby, et cetera. If there's any mom out there with maybe those thoughts, maybe with that, that depression, whatever it might be, can you shout out maybe a few accounts or even just actual, like, you know, recognized places to get help?
1: Yes, absolutely. So Postpartum Support International is a great place to find help near you um, where you can actually talk With somebody in your area, Um, my friend and therapist, Dr. Cassidy, specializes in postpartum mood disorders. She's on Instagram as well, and she has a course and webinars and all kinds of great things for moms. A lot of her posts you can just read and be like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" Mm -hmm. And she kind of walks you through how to handle certain situations. Um, So those are some great accounts, and of course, your doctor too, because you have to get them involved if, especially if it ends up in needing
0: medication. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Well, that. I mean, that's awesome. And again, it's all about finding those resources for you, feeling comfortable in your motherhood journey, knowing that it's exactly that. It's a journey. You're not going to be a pro right away. yeah. Um, But you are. You're your own pro at every different level. So, you know, there's no such thing as being a bad mom. You just continuously become a, a Better version as your baby matures to need you better, right? Yes. Um, so yes. I love that. Do you have any last words? You know, tell tell the audience again where to find you. I know it's all in the show notes, but just to reiterate, um, and we'll kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can of course find me at carrie underscore locker, and my name is spelled differently, <laughs> so definitely look at the show notes. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, my website is caringforpostpartum.com and caring is with a K. And that's where you can find, you know, blog posts, courses, guides and information. I have little baby cheat sheets and checklists. If you'd rather not pay for a course and just do like a downloadable PDF, then that's the way to go. And my highlights are full of free information for you guys. My highlights, my posts on Instagram, all of that is for free. You can check it out. Um, I talk a lot in the captions about certain things that you can save, or you can screenshot things in my
0: highlights so that you always have it with you. That's beautiful. And just make sure that everyone gets their own Henley. <laughs> we love it. Yes, Henley. Yes, get Henley. I love the Henley. It is, it is just so funny. Oh, it's such a So gift. funny. It's such Everyone's a probably gift. like, what the hell's a Henley? But I'll let you guys... <laughs> I I I'll let you guys go follow her and figure it out fast because I promise yes. you will. <laughs> All right. Yes. Well, thank you, Carrie, for, the, for your time. And I know how it is. Absolutely. Again, you know, being a mom, you kind of take time out of your day to, to do stuff like this. So I really appreciate it. I'm sure oh, my absolutely. followers appreciate it. Um, hopefully we can partner together maybe do something really cool for the audience yeah Um, so if you guys are listening right now obviously just make sure you stay tuned on both of our instagrams or wherever we might be sharing this Um, and of course make sure you give her a follow and Uh, check out check out the show notes like i said (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right well thank you carrie i I will follow up with you in an email just to again share my thanks but i appreciate you being on here um and i honestly can't wait to see what else you come out with soon thank you so much i'm so of course have a great day all right you guys so as you know or have listened we just wrapped up with carrie and i just wanted to come on here quick to kind of just overall wrap up the whole episode and just say a big thank you again to Carrie for being on being so vulnerable to her audience and being able to then be vulnerable to mine and I hope that you guys were able to get something really great out of it so make sure that you check out again the show notes where to find her how to get involved with her community as well um, fully supporting other mamas and more Um, I think that's pretty much it. I hope you guys have a great Sunday. This is such a fun start to 2021. I'm excited to see what other guests I get on my podcast as well as what else we decide to talk about. So have a great day and thank you guys for being here.